John Cook created Cranky Uncle to fight misinformation. Cook is a scientist and reporting those complexities is not easy. Take climate change. How might journalists have covered climate change in a more nuanced way without giving so much weight to a tiny contrarian minority? What lessons can be learned from the way media covered COVID-19 vaccines? I'm Peter Wilkinson with the Alliance for Journalist Freedom, and Cook is a research fellow with the Monash Climate Change Communication Research Hub. John, you better start by telling us about Cranky Uncle. Sure. So Cranky Uncle is, it's a cartoon character I, I developed that really epitomizes the family member or friend that we all have that denies the science, whether it's the science of climate change or vaccination or research into COVID-19. And the point of Cranky Uncle is to have a character that that gives all the arguments that we would typically hear in order to help people understand what are the misleading techniques used to distort the science and how can we understand those and see through them. Every time it gets cold, you hear a cranky uncle ask, what happened to global warming? This commits the fallacy of impossible expectations. Global warming doesn't mean we'll never see cold days. It means hot days are more likely and cold days are less likely. The cold weather argument also commits the anecdote fallacy, a form of cherry picking. It focuses on your personal experience while ignoring what's happening to the whole planet. It's like arguing that at night time, the sun doesn't exist. So cutting to the chase then, what is the role of journalism in that as you see it? I guess journalism is about helping people understand the world, right? What's happening in the world. And and so it's important that they also explain, like I work in science and, and science communication. So I think that an important part of journalism is helping people understand science, understand what's happening with climate change or or vaccination or scientific topics. So what do you see as the problem to date? Well, lots of problems, but I guess what I've focused on is misinformation as a problem. Um, Misinformation, firstly, can help, can make people believe wrong things. It can confuse people about the facts. But uh, I think even more insidious is misinformation can cancel out facts when people are presented with facts and misinformation and they can't tell the difference between the two. They don't know which is true and which isn't. There's the danger that they just disengage and stop believing in in anything. Uh, And in that way, it it cancels out our attempts to communicate facts. So the problem with journalism, as you see it, if I can summarise, is that journalists write to encourage controversy or debate without actually knowing the facts behind the science. The media promoting debates, particularly about issues where there is no scientific debate, like human-caused global warming, that that is one specific problem. And and it it has been documented as being a a problem, um, particularly with, I guess, with television or uh, mainstream media, cable TV, where they, they, they have like one side versus another side, a climate scientist debating with a climate denier. What that does is it portrays this impression of a 50-50 debate when within the scientific community, there's 97% or 98% agreement that humans are causing global warming. So the very format that the media use is misleading because it's portraying a 50-50 debate. 
So do you agree then that the journalists did quite a good job with vaccines, with, with the whole COVID thing? I think the answer is generally yes. It was a very challenging situation because things were changing so quickly. Like the research was hot off the press stuff. Like with climate change, this is stuff going back 10, 20 years ago. Vaccination, it was last Tuesday when they, you know, the latest data is coming out from the CDC or from Atagi. I think the thing that impressed me most about the vaccines, like with the pandemic and COVID misinformation and vaccine misinformation, is how proactive the media, um, as well as social media platforms, have been about pushing back against vaccine misinformation, knowing how dangerous that is, how it directly endangers human health. Seeing that level of proactivity was both really encouraging, but also it kind of put a lie to past excuses saying, oh, we can't address this or that topic. We can when there's sufficient motivation. Going back to climate change, so journalists and your point that journalists were giving equal weight to the deniers where they were, where the scientific deniers were in a tiny proportion of the science community. How differently then should journalists have broadcast or published that? There's two conflicts there. Firstly, there is the journalistic norm of giving both sides voice in, in an issue to avoid the journalist being seen as as biased. On the other hand, false balance media coverage when it's an issue with scientific debate is misleading. The one way to resolve that is for journalists to portray the weight of evidence or the weight of experts so, for example, if they are going to give a contrarian voice on an issue like climate change, um, also communicate clearly that there is 97% agreement or at least 97% agreement amongst climate scientists on questions like human-caused global warming because so they can see that, well, they're actually just part of that tiny minority rather than part of a 50-50 debate. So this happens all the time. You could say it's happening currently with the um, foot and mouth disease outbreak in Asia. How do you think in future we need to fix this? Now we're getting a little bit outside my lane <laughs> and I'd love to be able to fix the whole problem. But um, uh, it's it's a tough one because uh, like even if you put aside misinformation, if misinformation didn't exist and we lived in this utopia, even then journalists need to cover complicated issues they don't necessarily have expertise in, particularly if they're not a specialist journalist. And even if they are a specialist journalist, they're trying to boil down these complex issues to a lay audience. That, that itself is challenging as well, to communicate the science simply without oversimplifying it. The issue there is awareness is training and is also increasing the literacy of the audience so that they understand that there is a difference between science and controversy. I'll give you one potential kind of tool or, or solution, and it's by no means the magic bullet, but it's just one, I think, amongst a suite of tools. The approach of Cranky Uncle is what we call logic-based corrections or logic-based inoculation. It's, it's really about critical thinking. It's not about downloading lots of facts into people's heads. It's more helping them think about arguments and, and how to process information. It's more about the process than the content. Just as the Cranky Uncle game is about teaching people how to think, I think that uh, the media can help with that as well by not just communicating the facts, but also, well, for example, communicating how the misinformation distorts the facts. Like you can use a single example of that. 
here is a specific myth and this uses this technique, rhetorical technique to distort the facts. And that informs them about that particular issue, but it also broadens their critical thinking. They learn, they've now learned that technique and they can help. it helps them to spot that technique in other topics as well. Really interesting, John. The whole issue of media's involvement in controversy versus purveyor of information is really complex. So really appreciate your time. Thank you. My pleasure. Great to talk to you.